A poem is a small machine made of words. William Carlos Williams. Welcome to the Small Machine Talks, exploring the poetry scene of Central Canada and beyond with Amanda Earle and A.M. Kozak. Before we start, we want to acknowledge the pain and heartbreak that members of Canada's literary community are going through, including here in Ottawa. Revelations about racism and abuse of power within Canlit are increasingly coming to light. It's not an easy time, and our hearts break for all those who've experienced oppression, erasure, and trauma. While today's episode isn't going to address these revelations specifically, uh, please know that we are listening, we are concerned, and we want to contribute positively and empathetically to the conversation, and we'll look for ways to do so. As always, we welcome your thoughts, either in person or through social media. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more, not necessarily but too much specifics, we'll talk a little bit more about some of this stuff um, throughout today, maybe. And uh, But before we get on to that and to the podcast, maybe we'll say, um, welcome. Uh, I'm A.M. Kozak. Got Amanda I'm, Earl here. Yeah, I'm Amanda Earl, still yeah. and always. Yes, and um, this is the Small Machine Talks. So, yeah, like a lot of heavy stuff lately, not just in Canlit, but in, yeah, seems like everywhere. Um, even I, I'm kind of tertiarily involved in some other communities too. Like I've been involved in like animal rights communities and things. Even in in those spaces, like I'm seeing more and more of these issues coming to light and and. You know, so much so that I'm I'm surprised at how much it is. To be honest, it's it's pretty intense. Um, and I don't know about your experiences, Amanda, but going sometimes going into these communities that I've been part of for for a long time, and and going online in my social media accounts, and just the bombardment of of pain of stress is just um, kind of overwhelming. It's, uh, I've, I've been avoiding social media and, and going to these things, um, the past few months because it's, I don't know, it feels, it doesn't feel healthy, uh, to a certain extent. Like it's, it's been a tough winter. Um, and part of it is the people that we self-select to, to communicate with, to be friends with, that we follow on our social media accounts. It's people who, you know, I largely agree with in, in most cases for or most things, and so it's not that they're they're writing these things that I'm like all up in arms about. It's just that it's so I'm reading so much of the same emotionally charged things. And because things like Twitter, they're very short sentences. It's not like nuanced discussion is happening. It's a lot of feels like yelling and stress. A lot of capital um, letters. A lot of capital letters are I mean, imagining capital letters and exclamation points. Yeah. And again, it's not like these things are. I don't, I don't. I think these conversations are important to have, and these messages are good to get out. But it's, I feel overwhelmed. Um, yeah. I don't know how are you feeling about the whole thing in general. Yeah, it's it, it's overwhelming, and it's 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 uh, very sad. I feel quite helpless. I've mm, tried. Yes. What I've tried to do is. Um, be open to listening as much as possible and to figure out ways where I can make positive contributions. I haven't avoided social media, although there are days where I've um, 
I've wanted to, uh, but I, I've mostly, I'm, I, we all have to cope in the way we need to. So I, I respect that decision for sure. And, and uh, I can understand it. And uh, what I've done is I've, I've sort of been paying attention and trying to figure out ways in which I can make some kind of positive contribution and doing those things. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's about all I can do. And uh, I always say I'm, I'm open to listen. People want to talk. I'm, I'm here and um, I, I seem to have, my shoulders seem to be uh, big enough to, to, uh, to uh, and my ears seem to be open. So, well, they are open, so I'm, I'm, I'm willing to listen. But yeah, I understand it. I think it's taken a toll on a lot of people. I, I send hugs all the time where I can and offer as much mm-hmm. love as I can to, uh, to everyone. That's, that's be as loving and, and constructive mm-hmm. as possible is what mm-hmm. I'm trying to do. That's... I think we, we we talked about this briefly before coming on air, but one thing we could do if, if people were interested and wanted to do this is facilitate a discussion on a future podcast about, you know, one of the topics that is, you know, um, proliferating right now or the whole thing in general. And we could, you know, facilitate a conversation with a handful of people who are interested in, in, in talking about it and have a more nuanced discussion than we're, we're, we're seeing on social media and have a, a discussion maybe that, it, that we can think about what, what we can do. We can think about... Some positive ways. And... Yeah, to contribute. And it's not like we're going to have a... I don't think we're going to come up with a solution, no. a catch-all solution, but maybe we could no. think of some concrete things we can do that will do some positive uh, in this and, yeah, come to some insights, I'm not sure. So that's something I think we're open to. So if, if that's something that you guys think is a good idea or are interested in participating in just find us find and us. talk to us there we go we'll make sure to include our our twitter accounts for uh, for those of us who are actively on social media right yes. now I guess. and also well you'll you see us around sometimes even but i guess you were saying uh, aaron that you you've been sort of not uh, attending a lot of events lately and... no i've been going to maybe like one a month mm-hmm um, part of it is just um, the way this winter has been. Oh, it's been tough, and you've been, been sick too. Yeah, so. I had like the worst flu I've had in many, many years. Um, I was no, a, a lot of people have been suffering from that flu this year too. Yeah, yeah. It's, the, it's worse than um, the swine flu. It was two thousand nine. I hear it's actually worse now than that. Wow. Even though I think it's getting less press coverage, and um, yeah, this the winter's been been tough. The temperature's been all weird. I don't react well to that change roller coaster weather working and it's yeah it's been a very tough winter for just mental health wise and yeah like i said social media and events it's a place that maybe social media less so but the events have been a place where i felt you know joy and, and happiness in the past mm-hmm. but it doesn't quite seem to have that same I think it's just an obstacle to overcome and when once you pass that it'll be good again but it's it doesn't quite feel the same as it did um, well, stay home. Have a have a, a a beverage of your your your, your choice <laughs> and uh, read a lot and uh, and everyone else too. Like there's no obligation ever to attend yeah. an event or when you're not in the in the right mo- mood. I I find books have been a great comfort for me. I've been reading a lot myself. Yeah, this... I've been reading more as well, which yeah. I'm happy about. Yeah. So my goal is to um, read at least two poetry, full poetry, maybe not full length poetry books, but because I I often will read just individual poems or yeah. series, but go through address one book yeah two books do two books a month and then i'm also reading you know fiction and articles and and plays and stuff too so i think that is uh and it's you know i've been doing that for the past couple months so that's that's good and i'm enjoying going deeper into you know an individual person's work um because you when you when you look deeply into several poems and you you see things and get to know someone in a way that you don't just with looking into one poem very true very true uh, that's good uh 
should we go on to talk about some of the recent events that mostly uh, you have been to? Sure, sure. So yeah, I guess I guess um, events that have taken place between uh, the last time. Well, I, the last uh, uh, episode of the Small Machine Talks was my interview with Kirby, and right. uh, that was uh, January 9th. So between January 9th and uh, just, uh, I guess, this this Friday, between January and February 9th. So that works out perfectly. Uh, so you, do you have any anything to start us off with? Or well, did I, you... the one event I went to, and I was not complete. I was still pretty sick, to be honest. I was <laughs> right. You were, you were there, but I really wanted to see uh, Spencer Gordon at at Sawdust. So I, right. I saw him. I saw his show, and I said hello for five seconds. I that. did see you there briefly. I yeah. I didn't say. I didn't say. I stayed in the back. I stayed with well, everyone. I... Didn't even drink. Uh, and then I just said I wanted to say hello to Spencer. I first um, saw Spencer when I was first, I think the first week of my undergrad in 2007, he was talking on behalf of the Puritan, mm -hmm. which at the time was an undergraduate fiction only magazine. That's right. I was in the first issue. At University of Ottawa. Yes. It was only a year old at the time and they were kind of pitching it to the, the first years. Yeah. And then <laughs> a year or two later, they, they moved to Toronto and then mm -hmm. moved the magazine, put it online. And, you know, now it's one of the, the best, uh, magazines in, in Canada. Um, I, I believe. And now Spencer is no longer, and Tyler nope. are no longer a part of the uh, magazine. After they, they, it's a decade long, mm -hmm. and they um, twelve years and, now. Yeah. yeah, and I have to say that um, Jennifer gave a great opening for Spencer. Do you remember Jennifer's? Oh, she's saying she's singing. Yeah, yeah, I do yeah. remember that. And and for, now my brain has forgotten. It was someone that was uh, anyway in one of Spencer's poems or some. No, he talked about it in some. I, but some interview, and now I can't remember really? the name. Do you remember? No. See, this is so. This is like just like not even a month ago, and this is the memory. <laughs> this is this is what I worry about. But um, it was really great. Anyway, she gave a great interview. Also, Dorian Bell gave a really great. Uh, he yeah. he won the poem off, um, mm -hmm. and he was fantastic. Um, he he, uh, we made him nervous. Uh, he was sitting at, at the table with a few of us, and we were talking about all the things we didn't want people to do. <laughs> and, and when they when they did readings, he's like, I, "I'm doing that," and actually, he didn't do any of those things. So he was he was great. They were both. It was a really good. It was a really good evening with uh, both. Uh, Spencer was poems were. I always I always enjoy Spencer's work when I get a chance to hear it, mm -hmm. and uh, he read from his Cruise Missile Liberals, which you're going to be talking about. Yes, uh, I read it. This I actually picked it up um, when I was in Windsor. A couple of weeks before the reading in Ottawa, um, that's right. That like the day I got sick, actually, I bought this book. And it he had just been at the bookstore. I bought it from the week before, I think. So you have a signed. So I have a copy, signed copy, but not when you went, were there. Not when I actually met him and saw him, which is kind of which is kind of funny. <laughs> well, you can. He's coming to Tree. It says so you can oh, actually yeah? get him to resign re it. Resign it. Scratch out his sign. Yeah, and, and just get him to resign it. it. So and yeah, we can talk could, about that. Could could do that. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I thought that was kind of funny, but yeah. I, I kind of wanted a chance to read it before he was here because I thought, you know, when you read it ahead of time, it would be it would yeah, be a it can be good experience. to do that. I if didn't you can. end up actually doing it because I didn't feel like reading for those, you know, two weeks. Um, yeah, you but, were too sick. Exactly, but um, you know, uh, I got to support my local bookstore in Windsor. So there we go, the Oasis. Hooray, Biblioasis. Yes. Good. Uh, what other events have you have you gone to? Well, as I said, uh, uh, the, for the um, since Kirby was here for the tree reading series, I interviewed them the night of um, the night of the tree reading series, and then we went off to Tree at Black Squirrel Books, where Kirby read along with Margot Lapierre. Now, Margot has been an Ottawa resident, then she moved to Toronto, but she's moving back to Ottawa, and I'm happy to say Margot is now a Byword selector. So, oh, nice! That's great. So that's another good reason to send your poems to Bywords. But mm -hmm. she was fantastic, and so was Kirby. Um, Are you still looking for? 
coming on or for chapbook reviews? I'm um, a chapbook and poetry reviews, and we we haven't we we have uh, something for uh, February and March. We haven't received any more submissions at all. It's seventy five dollars. It you know not that we discontinue it, but uh, I'm getting a little dis discouraged. Oh, so yeah. um, just just how saying. long are you looking for? Five hundred to a thousand words. So okay. when we talk about it during the calls, but that oh well, is, here we go. Is, I like the non secretary. But anyway, uh, Mar Margot and Kirby both gave uh, amazing readings. Kirby uh, uh, was so phenomenal in in their reading. So uh, I it was a good night, everyone. And then mm. the other the other the other tree, which was later on in the um, in the month, the twenty third, if my memory serves, which you can never yeah. count on these Four, days. Nine plus fourteen is twenty three. So. See that math math in the afternoon on a Sunday. You can't you can't <laughs> go wrong. So uh, there was an extended open mic. Uh, well, actually, first what I should talk about is uh, there was a workshop with Sovankam Tama Vangsa, and she was the workshop was incredible. First of all, it was it was a really a packed house down mm -hmm. there in the basement of Black Squirrel Books. I was in the basement this time. That's where nice. they that's where they've been doing the workshops for oh, okay. a while now. Um, so and they and that was great, but she, she she just gave a superb workshop. I'll I'll give you a small example of something she did. So uh, there were three lines. She printed out a she made a printout of a few different texts, and one was three lines that were not lineated. And she asked us to lineate, put the line breaks in. Mm -hmm. And so personally, I was kind of going nuts because I could put the line breaks in a whole pile right, of different right, places. Right. And I was even I was thinking because it's a workshop, and you think, what's the right answer? What's the right answer? And I'd be like, I don't lineate. <laughs> really, there you go. <laughs> It's fine as it is. It's a prose poem. So and then and then she says that she wrote those lines and she showed us how she lineated and she opened it up to a page from one of her books. Each and, and this is I don't know if you've seen Suvankum's work, but each mm -hmm. word was basically on a separate line and spaced. Really? So and she said line breaks are personal. Hmm. Very wise advice and it was great. And then we did a few other erasure exercises that were fantastic. It was probably one of the best and and most inspiring workshops I've been to in oh, some nice. time. Like they're all I find that I I think the tree workshops are wonderful. They're free. Uh, and they're open to anyone who wants to, to come. Uh, you have to be able to go down the stairs to the basement, unfortunately. That's the only mm -hmm. frustrating part. For um, But um, they're really great. If you get the opportunity to go, um, I recommend it. And then so we had, uh, for the reading, we had an extended open mic. There were some amazing readers, and a lot of them were on video. If you agreed to, I did not agree to. <laughs> I don't, I, I'm not at the stage where I can, those poems are ready for uh, public consumption. Mm -hmm. So uh, Nina Dristic gave a, she did a, a an amazing sound poem that she'd made and it was really good like she mm -hmm. I really find um, over the past few years that she's been doing sound poetry uh, she's really gotten uh, she's really improved a lot since those early days and mm -hmm. well she's you know it's an interesting thing and I think their uh, massage galore is going to have some kind of performance later. They're, they're going to be in Toronto. It's Quatora Galore, actually the current okay. group and uh, Connie Clayton is involved mm -hmm. also um, uh, Nina and uh, a couple of other people. Alistair, no, I can't remember who the other people are. I think Alistair might be. Yeah. Maybe Alistair Larwell and and for sure J W Curry, who's the uh, who's the uh, the impresario mm -hmm. of the. Th and also Faisal Dean gave an incredible reading during the open mic, and then Suvankam Tamavangsa gave uh, another amazing reading from her work, and so that was really great. A uh, non-poetry event that I just went to on, um, I also went to the Sawdust, and we talked about that, um, that I just went to at the NAC mm -hmm. on um, on Friday, was Friday afternoon was called Indigenous Trailblazer. 
carving paths through tradition. It was hosted by CBC's Unreserved's Rosanna Deerchild, and it was a sharing and storytelling event, which was part of something called Megaphono, which was a uh, music uh, conference and performances uh, for Eastern Ontario mm-hmm. and uh, and Quebec. So that was it was quite interesting. Uh, basically, um, Indigenous artists from every corner of Turtle Island. A carved unique paths that extend into the present in the 1960s and 70s. Working in and outside of the music industry in the face of racism and apathy, these trailblazers work with limited resources, many from remote locations, to share their creative expressions with their communities and the world at large. It was really great. That was from the, that mm-hmm. was from the, the um, event uh, page. Mm-hmm. So some of the people involved were um, in a, they were on a 2014 Grammy-nominated compilation, Native North America Volume 1, Aboriginal Folk, Rock, and Country, 1966 to 1985. So Willie Mitchell, Leland Bell, and Dr. Duke Redbird, as well as this amazing woman, uh, filmmaker and singer, Alanis Obasawin. Uh, she was wonderful. She's 85, and she was a really uh, inspiring woman. And then they had young indigenous artist, Melody McIver, who plays the viola, and I've had the pleasure of hearing her perform. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Dutcher, who I've also heard, and Leanne Betasema Soke Simpson, who was great, and Cody Coyote. So they all talked about their, their experience in the music industry and mm-hmm. in storytelling and it was it was quite a heartening event it was 3.30 to 5 there were lots of people there it was at the staircase the new staircase at the NAC which is okay. was not the most comfortable space to sit at I have did to you have say did you to sit on stairs? Uh, they put little cushions on the stairs <laughs> so <they did. laughs> like these little moving sort of uh, I don't know what material they're made of vinyl or some, some kind of material that but I mean there's no back support so right. for me I, I mean there are a lot of older people in the audience I, I mean but it was a good space in the sense that it was it was totally open and it was a free event so it was really worth worth going so I'm glad I was there so that's those are the events that um, that I attended and uh, yeah and so that was that shall we mm. take a quick break now do you think before we get into the news or shall how we long do you the, think the news will take I uh, take it take two seconds all right well, let's go right into the news all right we're going right to the news I, uh, and uh, so uh, do you have any news uh, I, I'm moving to Little Italy next month oh you are yeah. so far away 20 minute walk from my current apartment. Wow. Wow. What, what, that, so is it a bigger space that you're? Much bigger. Good for you. Even out of the basement. Oh, good. That's good. I mean, it, it, I'm going to have a study. Oh, a lovely. No, I know. I've made it just before I, a little before I turned 30. I'm finally, uh, I have finally have an extra room. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, Waiting that's, for years. And there's a lot of great places around there too. So you it's, can. And you can find a much better deal than in Centertown. That's, oh, that good. Was the, Absolutely that's the true. Yeah. Point. Yeah. So. Well, there yep. you go. Looking forward to it. Play the drums again. Very happy about that. Oh, good, because you haven't been able to no. in the space you've been nope, in. I haven't. Oh. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that and make, looking forward to maybe doing some, like, inter-arts, like, sound, poem, sound. Good. Uh, not sound poems. Ooh. Sound and poems. <laughs> Poem sounds? <laughs> and, and, like, other things. Just, like, play more with audio and I'll have the space for it. So I'm looking really looking forward to that. Maybe there should be a term like sound a tree or something. That this sound a tree? Sound yeah, a tree. Yeah. yeah, so, and a couple of my friends have been doing more stuff with film and stuff too. Yeah. So, like, Great. yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to exploring, you know, that kind of thing. That sounds good. Year, yeah. We look forward to seeing the results of that at some point. And what's the real news? Well, I think that was, to me, that was, was <laughs> totally real news. I, I, I will have to update my address book. That's it. <laughs> my stickers. So they, uh, from coming from uh, news from ARC, 
Poetry Magazine, Monty Reed is no longer the managing editor. He's stepped down. Chris Johnson is taking over the bulk of his responsibilities, and James Moran is coming aboard to help out with some of those. So that's some shakeups at ARC. Uh, The new Parliamentary Poet Laureate is Georgette Leblanc. And uh, Is that, so excuse my um, non-knowledge, is that what George Eliot Clark was? He was the po- a, po- a parliamentary po- poet laureate. Yes, yes. he was. Okay, so he, they have a, I, I believe it's a two-year term. Okay, so his is done now. Yeah, and they usually alternate between French and English. So I think I, I assume that Georgette is going to be the francophone oh, poet, la- poet laureate. I just don't know. Was, I didn't know it was called parliamentary. It is maybe that was, parliamentary. Well, there we go. We're there it is. Today. If if we've done anything today, we've taught Aaron that it's a parliamentary poet laureate. <laughs> Who else can say that today? Okay, that's good. Uh, and Liam Burke has joined CKCUFM's Literary Landscape, and still there, Pearl Peary, Kate Hunt, and Robin McLaughlin. And that's um, that show has been going for a long time. Origin- mm-hmm. originated with Jane Crozier, and uh, I was on uh, when it was when Jane Crozier was actually oh, yeah. still alive, and I got to uh, have the pleasure of being interviewed by Jane. And I think I've been interviewed by uh, well, been interviewed by Pearl and uh, from some of the former members of the team, Christine McNair, Marcus McCann used to be. Um, so it's kind of a long-standing yeah. show that people take over, and it's on Thursday nights at six. 30, right after the Third World Players, which is a show for um, multilingual um, and uh, multicultural uh, um, art and uh, literature. So that's CKCU. Cool. And uh, that's all, it, all I have for, for news. news. All right. So now is a good time for all a break. Right. Come on, we'll come back with current reads or recent reads. Current and recent reads. All right. So I guess now we were going to talk about recent and current reads. All right, Amanda, would you do the honor of starting us off? I will do. I will do the honor. All we're right. Like formal here. We don't have little cups of tea, but you know, it's it's close. not this month. Not this month. I've just had a cup of, of Irish breakfast just before this. So, so I um, Ottawa Ottawa.com, issue fourteen was just launched and features new writing by Manahill Bandiquala, Stephanie Bolster, Sarah Cassidy, Jason Christie, J.M. Franchito, Spencer Gordon, Chris Johnston, N.W. Lee, Leigh McLean Evans, Christine McNair, Colin Morton, Danny Spinoza. Priscilla Uppel, Jean Van Loon, Ian Whistle, and Mahazimo, with artwork by Christos Pantieres, Joyce Crego, Denise Landriot, Nate Nettleton, Anne-Marie Dumouchel, Kathleen Axum, Robert Stevenson, Anne Wanda Tessier, and Andrea Sutton. And Ottawa began in 2005 to commemorate Ottawa's 150th anniversary. So it tends to include, it includes current and former residents, and it was started by Rob McLennan. Mm-hmm. So in this particular, one thing I love about, I would say that um, ottawater.com was my inspiration for a magazine that Angel House Press does, which is Experiment Oh, yeah. So that's how I'm, and what resonate, what, what I like, one of the things I enjoy about the magazine, that it includes not just poetry, but also art, and art by local artists, as mm-hmm. far as I know. So, for instance, there's the art of Christ, Christos Pantieres from his exhibit "Nice to Meet You," which was at Gallery 101. I don't. You remember those letters that are yeah. um, on the floor? So, yeah. if you look at the, you'll see uh, uh, excerpts from the. Uh, you cool. see uh, art from that. The exhibition explores how we connect and communicate through social media and uh, online platforms in our bid to initiate, achieve, and or maintain an intimate connection. So, the digital words indicating intent are sourced from both text messages and hookup apps such as Scruff, Grinder, and Growler. 
color. I don't even know two of those. So they go, and <laughs> casting concrete to then be sorted, stacked, arranged, and piled in three sculptural installations. So cool. I love that. Yeah. And then uh, Manor Hill's Midnight Metro was itself was like a painting, and and the artwork beside it was interesting. Well, she as also well. is a painter. She yeah. is a painter herself, and uh, she's an artist. And it had a wildness to it, and uh, wanderlust, and a sen- sensuality that I really enjoyed. Actually, it reminded me of I I, I just uh, over Christmas I uh, Charles and I binge watched the Gilmore Girls, including the recent. The new one, um, yeah. So she kind of it kind of rem- the poem reminded me of the Life and Death Brigade, which anyone who's a Gilmore Girls fan will understand the reference to. So enough said. But um, and then Stephanie Bolster's poems, Long Exposure, Weather, were after another artist uh, Robert Polidori's photographs after Hurricane Katrina. These are haunting and contemplative. For instance, here's a little excerpt from the poem. At what at what point was it no longer a bed? The mirrors lost their silver. Houses lean. Spines of books lost their names. To open them, hazardous toxins and absences. So that's very powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. Jason Christie, um, two poems, uh, Less Majesty and Ruin. He has very unusual ways of looking at things that make sense. And he has, there's a kind of a simplicity to, and elegance to his work. Artist Denise Landriot's mural was an accumulation of flowers and footstools and tavers, tables covered in flowery tablecloths against floral wallpaper, all pink and lush. And she says um, uh, in her um, a statement on the Orange Art Gallery, she says, with an, art for, with an eye for beauty, my work is a reflection of my life to tell stories of magical places born from close observation and a deep connection to all living things. Forms such as flowers, pods, branches to name, but a few commingle with... Um, oh, sorry, I skipped a line. Branches... Um, um, to, oh yeah, okay. But few, a, a few commingle with vibrant color and delicate details. I have a spontaneous and intuitive approach to the way I paint. I remain free in my thoughts to create sensitive, beautiful, and delicious, delicate works of art. So um, they were they were gorgeous, and um, that that piece mural was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, they're, they're J M Francheteau. I love his work. I find it astonishing. A quote from. Um, uh, a poem, uh, Ambassadors, I believe. Roads block with rain, drain into the tunnel. Greyhounds burn like silver bullets into two countries, dark lungs. So that's it. Or depth perception. He tends to combine the exotic with the everyday. Um, how many people could pull off a poem that mentions probiotic yogurt and the son of Odin in the same same <laughs> piece? So that's an example. Uh, Spencer Gordon's An Ordinary Childhood, which takes lines from Lo- Joan Didion's Year of Magical Thinking. I just watched the Netflix biography, a uh, uh, documentary of, of her on, on, um, on Netflix. It was really good, by the way. Mm-hmm. So, and he repeats the concept of privilege throughout the poem. And again, he's continuing his in- interest and fascination with celebrity, which has been going on for yeah. a long time now. Cosmos and his... Um, short story collection and uh, so yeah um then there's more um Leigh McLean Evans um who is new to me has a poem full of striking imagery like preparing for fight yeah, she just moved back here from uh Saskatoon I believe oh interesting that's mm. great so I've never I never heard her name before she, she worked on grain magazine okay good to know I guess and you were just published in a recent issue of grain last summer yeah Okay, there we go. And Christy McNair, of course, I, I love her and her work. It really packed a punch this time. Danny Spinoza, who I've never seen before, had some great uh, concrete poetry that I hadn't seen before. Very cool. Uh, and then there was printmaker and artist Anne Wanda Tessier, uh, Holding Space, which are letterpress ceramic spoons. This was at Studio 66 as part of a group exhibition. And the sentences on the spoons, which she does in letterpress, are things like, I am not alone.
alone and find your voice. She had a really great exhibit. We would see sometimes on the bus shelters, uh, just okay. individual giant sort of phrases that would be on the instead of like some lame advertising right. for beer or whatever. So that was good. And then there's, I mean, there are other people in the issue too that I could mention, but these are just the ones that's particularly uh, on a first read really um, mm -hmm. struck me. Maha Zimo's three small and strong poems that deal with forgiveness, race, and truth. Maha Zimo is a Canadian Muslim feminist born in Libya and of Palestinian roots. And uh, she's got, um, she's actually a columnist in something called the Chai Latte Diaries, which are really fun to read. Oh, yeah. She began writing poetry in August 2016, and in May of 2016, she completed a collection of over 230 poems. <sighs> That's wow. amazing. And then pieces which she then began to send to different journals. Her work's been in Arc Magazine. I've seen it there. Uh, Sisterhood is another place she's been. So there's a lot of great uh, the great, great work there. So that's that's Ottawater uh, 14, and uh, you can check it out. I'll add the, we'll make sure the link is on the, uh, on the, angelhousepress.com yeah that's a pretty good look into several of the of the works in there great and what about you Aaron what ah uh, I'm so glad you asked so glad you, I was gonna sit here and say <laughs> nothing for a while and see what he said no I wasn't I'm not like that uh so I read a couple of books I'll start with uh, one we've already talked about alluded to is Spencer Gordon's cruise missile liberals that I got um about a month ago now um, I remember when I was first reading it, and when I heard him read, it feels like a it feels a lot like a prose writer in a lot of ways. Uh, but even though it's not really full narrative, it's a lot of you know fragments or pseudo narratives uh, going on. Um, but often you know what's full, a pseudo narrative? I don't know, like narrative pieces, but not like a full consistent one narrative, but like narrative like full sentences that have like you know not like a story, but like. A, like a causal relationship in okay, there. You yeah. know what I mean? Some it's of not, the rhetoric not just images of or... fiction. Yeah, of... yeah. I'm not very good at explaining this clearly. but Nobody anyway. is. I have to tell you, it's <laughs> difficult. So yeah, he uses like these semi-digressions, uh, long sentences, and his vocabulary is very, uh, very poignant. Some unique... Poignant. Very poignant. Some unique comparisons. And what I, he has like a lot of old-fashioned sort of phrasing mixed with these millennial themes or these celebrity uh, obsessions. Like it's a poem about, he mentions like Avril, oh, Avril Lavigne variations. He has a poem about like Taylor Swift music video, just things like that. But he he also, you know, has language like, you know, he's the word nor a lot, things like that, where it's that juxtaposition between, you know, these... What's the phrase of the for big words like two dollar words or there's like a phrase for that. Anyways, he has these big, more difficult words. Than, I hope they're worth more than two dollars now. <laughs> what what is that in Bitcoin? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, so that mixed with you know these almost corny rhymes or these references to pop culture and, and celebrity. And someone, someone who likes to use big words is called a sesquipedalian. Oh, that sounds fitting. So it sounds like one of those $2 words. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> From the 1920s, <laughs> when the... you could really buy something with $2, I guess. And it's funny because his, his attention <laughs> to sound and this sort of juxtaposition between old-fashioned language with this very f you know, fresh um, kind of take on it, I guess, reminded me of Gerard Manley Hopkins. Uh, he wrote in, I think it was the late 1800s, yep. but he wasn't published until several decades later. And even at the time in the early modern, or not early modern era, the modern period, it was still pretty like, you know, cutting edge. But the language in which he used like the words itself were very like a throwback. So it was an interesting like 
juxtaposition there. Kind of remind me a little bit of that. Well, that's quite. That's a compliment, I think. That's a yeah, I try to compliment, compliment. people. I, I, I want to note to our listening audience that Aaron's books are dog-eared. And uh, so just, just <laughs> for those listening at home... The dog ears are winning. <laughs> yes, and a lot of um, a lot of socio political comments, a lot of you know attentiveness to you know current issues. We'll call them. Um, Even the title is uh, is uh, yeah, an interesting one. Yeah. Cruise missile liberal. Exactly. Like... Exactly. It talks a lot about globalization, the economy, um, animals. I, and the ones about animals are really po like poignant. Use that word again to me. If like, we're playing a drinking game, if he says the word poignant again, you get to take a drink. <laughs> so I'll read a couple of lines from here and now. Um, the opening is, More people believe a wafer becomes the body of Christ than a slick strip of bacon comes screaming from a pig. Uh, another line from there. <laughs> Kiska the orca circles her pool 300 times a day for the rest of her fucked life. Today I see an animal online. I dive for cover. It's going to be unbearably cute, or it's going to be torture. Inshallah. I had to stop looking at things, talking to faces. A woman locks a puggle in a closet and starves it to death. A child watches Peppa Pig and chews a ham sandwich. It's Earth Day, her mother says, turning off all the lights before grilling steaks on the barbecue. <laughs> like it's, I don't know, I like, uh, it's... They're it's very short. Those are very yeah. short little snappy sentences. Yeah, cultural comments. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's kind of what I'm talking about. The, the poem Market Forces, uh, I won't read from, but it's it's a pretty good, I think, indication of of, of the, the book as a whole. And it's sort of a style about these, these kind of the, the vocabulary, these pithy comments and this, you know, very much uh, cultural awareness um, of things going on. Um, yeah, I already mentioned the uh, Avril Lavigne variations. There's uh, the, the title poem, the titular poem, Cruise Missile Liberals. Uh, there's a few poems like this where are, are kind of listy poems, mm -hmm. like, a, a, like a long list. Um, and um, the, a poem I like that he, he read from, um, Roughing It, it's a six-part poem. I'll read a very a, a short piece of it. I think it's also a good, that one is another good representation of, of the overall style. Um where are we here? Lined up, I felt obese. Felt Polly in an old mono marriage. Felt they could see my back knee, stress-induced, leaking through my jockeys from winners. I didn't want a Second Life avatar to feel free. Me, posing as a burlesque dancer from Chicago. Like, that That sort of, uh, there's, you can hear some of the sound in there, and you can kind of hear the playfulness, and also the, I don't know, like, um, it feels cultural to a second life avatar like talking about video games yeah anyways that's uh and i'll read one there's a certain vu i mean ver uh, vulnerability of the speaker too in these poems and back yes. me and winner's underwear and it's it's, of... it's funny but it's also it's also a realization of the horror that's kind of going on as, as well at the same time um another poem things were better when you were on fire <laughs> uh, it's it's you know it's kind of a lot about the the economy and how, how difficult you know it can be to to you know find work while you're and I'm I'm gonna read a little excerpt from there. Um, Which poem is this? This is things were better when you were on fire. Right. Um, underemployed, between work, debt wrecked, itching for another donut from the dwindling pack. She's gained another fifteen contracts from worry alone. Contacts from. <laughs> worry alone but there's my diploma she thinks i'm so damn lucky all her unfinished projects lurk in a folder marked see the cat snarls at an empty dish to save on laundry she's wearing a halloween dress 
spends six years since she's seen a dentist. She heads to Facebook seeing red. Her friends just won a contest. Another, a cover story for the country's Enbridge rag. Anyway, I, that's... Yeah. And uh, this one poem that I particularly like, it's kind of different from the rest of them. It's called Survey. It's the last poem in the first section. Um, it, it's kind of different in that it's you're kind of waiting to be under waiting for it to be undercut like a lot of his other other works and I don't think he quite does it it's, it's kind of just like a nice poem and I thought like oh this is refreshing ah. it seems like a nice poem uh, anyways I'll, I'll read it it's pretty quick and I also like that there's no uh, no punctuation in it so it's very it's like a I like that sort of run on style yeah, yeah, yeah breathless like style and it's uh, the way he indents it it's like a hanging line line, line break sort of it's like the, the paragraph and then uh, instead of having five in yeah, it's like, I don't know, do you know how to explain what this is? I'm showing Amanda the page. Oh, right. Well, let's see. <laughs> uh, basically, uh, long lines that take, uh, go from uh, left to right margin, except for the the uh, first line is indented uh, almost to the, like, basically to, leave, to yeah, the so, very end. So yeah, so like right below. It's or like the... a paragraph that starts at the very, so the very last possible place in the sort of... You have um, to get the book. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, I'm also very bad at explaining these things. Anyways, I do like this. I like to break lines like this sometimes too. When I do break lines, it's not like a full line break. It's like sort of like a hanging line break. We'll call it a hanging yeah, line sure. break. We'll coin that. Some kind of surfing term. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll read it quickly. It's called survey. I um, hope it doesn't mind that I'm reading this. So. If you do, Spencer, you'll you, you'll have to come and tell us when you come Just to Just tag tea. Amanda. That's right. It's all right. <laughs> I have a loving mother and father and baby sister and girlfriend, and I am surrounded by people who respect me and take what I say seriously and meditate on the things I say to them and want to know my take on things and think my feelings are important. And when I drive through the slanting autumn light in my car, I think about all the aching leaves withering into next winter. And when I get home, my girlfriend puts her arms around my neck and we eat and talk about our days and the light is slanting and then some music and wine or television which I watch without guilt and then work on things people value and respect and the work goes well because it is honest and the phone rings and it is my loving mother and father and they say we love you and I say where is my baby sister and she comes on the phone and tells me she drew a picture of me driving through the slanting autumn light in my car and I am smiling and going home to my girlfriend who is pretty and intelligent and someone I rely upon when things are tough so yes I would say I strongly agree <laughs> well done, nicely read. It reminds me a little bit of some of Stuart Ross's work, especially wow. uh, read some of the. Um, I just uh, read recently his uh, book, which is a novel and also, I guess, a series of I would call them also prose poems called Pockets, which was mm -hmm. quite good and had that fam familiar. Uh, uh, well, certainly talk about family and but going mm -hmm. into more surrealistic ideas and mm -hmm. stuff like that too. Interesting and yeah. the breathlessness. <laughs> and yeah, a lot of poems that I will like or really resonate with me it's you feel at the end you feel you're kind of like hmm and it's kind of like you don't really feel happy after necessarily but you you have like you have some kind of you know maybe positive reaction but it's not like I don't know you can kind of like think oh it's kind of dark or whatever but this one I felt I kind of smiled after there was something there was yeah. something there yeah there was something and uh... I like that something hopeful about those leaves <laughs> mm -hmm. so uh do you want to get into your other read you're going to talk about sure i also i um i mean i've been reading a lot so i could talk about kinesia lubrin's uh, voodoo 
hypothesis, but uh, I already I talked about it on Goodreads already, so I'm going to I'm right. going to let people. I'll, I'll maybe I'll do a link, link. to that. So um, I read this anthology. I've been I've been very concerned about accessibility um, uh, um, for disabled people uh, particularly. Uh, so I I've been reading this anthology, Stares and Whispers: Deaf and Disabled Poets Who Write Back. It was edited by uh, Sandra Allen, who's a Canadian who lives now in Scotland. She's and she's read here in Ottawa a few times now. Karani Baroka and Daniel Sluman. It's from Nine Arches Press in the UK and it came out in 2017. And I read it on my, I've been reading it on my tablet actually, and I'll explain that why a little bit. Um, uh, so one of the things that bothers me about erasure is it means that art suffers because of it. There are writers here, I'm sure many people, including me, have never heard of. So why is that? So in her editorial, Sandra Allen says, I know thousands of brilliant, innovative and talented disabled, deaf and or crip writers, artists, filmmakers, musicians and performers, but most non-disabled people would struggle to name one of them. She talks about the problem, ableist uh, the problem of ableist publishers who cite ability to read your work aloud with flair and the capitalist focus on being slick and attractive packages who will promote their work on tour. So types of spoken word and performance poetry that require readers to memorize their work, for instance, is an ableist kind of notion it can be. So she says, and this applies here in, in Ottawa, it applies to other cities. Most poetry readings are held in inaccessible spaces. There's no step-free entrance to the building. The reading or slam is in the basement. There's no, she says, British Sign Language, but we can say that here, interpreting or captions offered, and or there are no single and accessible gender-neutral toilets. Despite these being the most basic of access requirements, most non-disabled people who lead reading series or festivals still don't commit to providing them. As a writer, seeking to be published, you're generally required to read or perform publicly, but you can't. So I, I found that I wish I could read her whole essay out loud. The good thing about this book is um, most of uh, all of the poems and uh, some of the editorials uh, have SoundCloud links. So you can also actually listen mm. to. So if you if you're, for instance, for the visually impaired, you can actually listen to this. So I'll, I'll put up links. So they include audio of the poets reading their work, as I said, and that showcase poetry in British Sign Language, or also poetry on film. There's descriptive text for still photos and visual poetry, which is kind of fun to read that which, mm -hmm. um, there are content notes listing topics some readers may wish to avoid they're really covering a full spectrum of um of uh, issues for um um, disability, not just the visible, but also some of the invisible, also mm -hmm. the invisible disabilities too. It's a British companion to the American book Beauties of Verb, which I, I just got. The new poetry of disability by Sheila Black, Jennifer, uh, edited by Sheila Black, Jennifer Bartlett, and Michael Norton from uh, uh, Senko Puentos Press in 2011. And um, one of the editors, Kara. Kirani Baroka says, disabled, as we all should know, is the opposite of enable, not unable. So I thought that was really interesting and good, hardening. Uh, Daniel Sluman's editorial poem, Shove 10 Pounds of Sugar in a Seven Pound Bag, was beautiful. It was a revelatory poem of abscesses and the connection between disability and poetry. I'm not finished the whole thing yet, the whole book yet, so, uh, but I'm going to put up a link to that poem. Uh, Mickey Burns' nebulizer was very interesting, and it, what a nebulizer is, it's a drug delivery uh, device used to administer medication in the form of mist inhaled mm. into the lungs. So they're commonly used for the treatment, treatment of cystic fibrosis, asthma, COPD, and other respiratory diseases or disorders. And this poem has a very precise and sensory descriptions of what it is to experience a nebulizer. An ampoule cracks like the sound of a beetle underfoot. 
and the uh, the machine is jewelry box size so it's very yeah, very uh, interesting yeah it's it's very vivid and mm -hmm. i found that a lot of these poems the descriptions and also um the thing that the editors point out this is poetry by deaf and disabled people so it doesn't necessarily mean that the work is about their disability sometimes it's mm -hmm. not so it it's it's there's a lot of variety in the work it's it's uh really great stuff i will definitely be following a lot of these poets like mickey byrne and and, and reading more of her work so uh, i highly recommend the book um the nice thing about getting it as an ebook is that you can click on the, well depending on what your ebook reader is my old kindle isn't up to the task but my uh my uh micro micro uh, soft tablet um i can click on the links and go to the soundcloud i can go to the site and look at look at the uh, fi beautiful films that sandra made in conjunction with other mm -hmm. people with the sign language so yeah it's great and and i'm about to start reading when i'm done this i'm going to read beauty is a verb so uh, anyway my eyes are opening and i really appreciate that opportunity uh, so that's Awesome. That's the latest. Cool. Yeah. What about you? What else have you been reading, well, Karen? Well, I also read a chapbook. Yay, chapbooks. Yay, chapbooks. Um, it's uh, called Normal Women by Megan Fenia Jones. And I, I love this book. I think Who it's published a, it? This is uh, Rahila's... I, I, oh, never say, I never say this right. Rahala's Ghost? Yeah. Rahila's Ghost. Rahila's Ghost out in BC. Yes. I haven't actually Next heard one. it pronounced, so I keep guessing. Go. <laughs> it, the latest the last can't lit podcast they had on the uh the members of uh, oh did they okay they, did. they had um a couple of members of the team I it's think. a pretty big team too yeah yeah so it's a it's it's also really well designed i was going to talk about that but it is so kudos to uh, you guys for that um yeah i really liked it it's a lot of the poems talk about um deal with modeling and uh, it's not really a perspective or a point of view that I'm used to hearing, at least uh, from a poet's perspective. Um, so that immediately was interesting. Modeling. Yeah, like, like you know, runway or fashion modeling. Right. Or that kind of thing. Um, and, the, and her style really complements that because it's very immediate and sparse language to tackle um, to tackle this topic and it, it reminded me a little bit of world war one poets or when i was reading it like wilfred owen i was yeah. gonna say wilfred owen yeah yeah it does and i i really like the world war one poets just like yeah. it's yeah it just like hits you you know uh mm -hmm. the images they use and it's like when you're thinking about the comparison it's like oh wow um so yeah that really it really struck me and she also mixes in um uh, in her voice, like there's also a sentimentality sometimes too that I that I I don't know feel find in, interesting and endearing. Um, I first uh, heard um, her poems when I was in Vancouver last year, and one of them in this book she workshopped and I read and I I remember when I first read it it was I, I liked it but I didn't really think too much about it and then I heard it and then I thought about it and then it's something that I kept remembering and thinking about afterwards, which is. Um, I don't know. It's 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 good when a poem can do that. It's yeah. not often when you when you read something and it stays with you. It doesn't immediately hit you, and then yeah. it, but it keeps coming back. So um, that's great. That's a high. That's high praise too. Yeah, I'll read that poem. It's called uh, the one I'm talking about. It's called Paris Paris Fashion Week. Her gown trailed in it. Pages from magazines we taped to walls were smeared with it. Bits stuck to her fingers. The reek woke the others. We held hands as the man from the agency took. She said, you can't, her down the stairs. Someone found gloves and bleach. We tied up our hair. 
So, yeah, I don't know if it comes across what I was sort of talking about, the immediacy of, of the yeah, language. No, there's these flashes of images, and, and, mm -hmm. and, and I like the fact that it's not, like, they are, like, fragmented images, right? Like, you don't get, you don't get, you get, like, it is like a fashion show where you get yeah, glimpses, yeah. like, I am, I, I am a um, not-so-secret fan of Project Runway and Project oh, yeah? Runway All-Stars. I watch them. I learned about Project Runway through the poet, the American poet Ron Silliman, who was always talking about it and comparing it to poetry in the practice of well I don't know if he did but I remember thinking when I watched the show it has mm -hmm. to the whole um, point of Project Runway is is um, following these designers who make clothes under a, a, a tight timeline and and the idea of creative practice and the stuff we have to do so Interesting. Uh, so yeah so um, I have I, I could see the models going down the runway in the sort of little flashes of I like and I yeah. like um, like storytelling through images where it's not an explicit yes. story but like it's film kind of like, that is like yeah, film yeah, or theater yeah, in exactly. some ways right yeah and there was some uh there was some parts when i was reading this that were kind of reminded me of some other you know um poets sort of you know around around my age who i who i really enjoy and um there's this one part reminded me of Cassidy McFadzian. Oh, yeah. I don't this, the, the sound of it i don't know the way she the way that the rhymes kind of came in in the in the directness of the speech uh, I don't remember what he, or here, I'll start back here. He asked me what I thought of his age. I don't remember what he paid. I think I called the agency that sent me. I think we went on a date. I don't remember what I ate. So that, that rhyme and there's then. There's some rhyme, there's some slant rhyme in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice. And then um, poem, a poem is a death wish. Part of it reminded me of Kayla Zaga, uh, the end of the poem here. An untethered space walker, useless fumbling of giant gloved hands in unending dark. An asteroid hurling itself at nothing, at other asteroids. Remind me a poem of Kale's I really like um, called Selfie. Okay, um, yeah. And uh, also even lanterns. It reminds me. Of yeah, yeah. It it you're, it's kind of when I was reading it, it felt like a lot of stuff I've read of Kale's that I really enjoy. Um, and yeah, there's these contemplative endings that sort of they leave an open question, and they also sort of sum up uh, the poem without being a synopsis. Um, and what's, what's, a, what's an example? So there's a, there's a longer, it's not really long. It's a six part poem, but they're all very short and it ends. Uh, I think I am warped. My driver says the woman is so important. She can smoke inside an elevator and nobody will say anything. Nobody says a thing. So endings like that, that are sort of these hanging, mm -hmm. they're like, and that the sort of poem, as I was reading it, that nobody says a thing line, it's kind of like the whole thing is that's kind of a theme of it in, in, in my perspective and the way in which it ends. It's not like it's a summing up, this is the action of the poem, but it's sort of like one line of the theme of the poem. And it's also very contemplated and, and open-ended in a way too. That's so, great. Uh, yeah, I definitely, I like the sound of her work. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last thing I'll say about it is uh, explores the body in a very no-nonsense way that I found was both surprising and, and sentimental. And I'll read one more short poem. It's called The Beach Today. Um, maybe I'll just read the second uh, half of it. Um, Did you know Kiss from a Rose is about a man eating a woman out when she's menstruating? It sounds so lovely, like a hot bun filled with per period blood. I think all the bodies in bathing suits are so beautiful. Oh, I thought that was nice. Yeah, it was uh, interesting. And now we'll never look at Kiss from a Rose the same way again. <laughs> exactly, right? Thank you, Seal. It's the way that's, yeah, like I said, it's... Now, when you use the term sentimental, you're not using it in a pejorative sense. Because no. most people, when they say sentimental in I poetry, guess, eh? they, they mean it negatively. But I don't hear that in your... No, in your, no, what do I don't. You, 
what do you think just you... the end was like saying all oh, the bodies are beautiful just yeah. like that sort of More... i don't know if maybe sentimental isn't the right word maybe i'm not maybe i'm no, maybe using... it's just maybe you're reclaiming sentimental is not <laughs> maybe i definitely of... don't mean it pejoratively you don't mean it as a saccharine sort of uh no i mean schmaltzy, it as like a... uh i think if you're just to write the line the bodies are talking about beautiful bodies and you say the bodies are beautiful and yeah. that's the whole poem is about that and that's yeah. your line that that's maybe that is sentimental in a bad way but this is like just that the the way in which it's interacting with the context of the yeah. rest of the poem that sentimentality is sort of like a it's tender yeah it's tender it's a, like a beautiful undercutting it's yeah. like a very it's it's nice i don't know it's it's definitely not uh it doesn't feel oversaturated there you go that's um, interesting yeah, so I really liked it. I recommend it. And, um, and could you just tell us a little bit? Is there a little bio at the back of uh, about uh, Megan? Because I, I'm curious as to. Yeah, there is. Sure, I'll read her bio. Uh, Megan Fenya Jones is a poet whose work can be found in Poetry Is Dead, Sad Magazine, Lemon Hound, Prism International, and the anthology of the City Series Vancouver from Frog Hollow Press. So all um, good publications. She lives on unceded territory of uh, the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil Woutush First Nations, Vancouver, BC. Very interesting. Well, we'll look for more and and, and from uh, Rahila's ghost as well. And uh, that's great to know. So I guess you just ordered that chapbook on their I site? I also ordered, or yeah. You... And I also ordered Jake Burns' chapbook, which I haven't read yet. Great, great. Yeah. So that's it. So you, well, I'll put up the, uh, we'll put up the uh, site so everyone can uh, order that chapbook and others by this great new press yeah, like that we're I all said, excited about. They're really well made too. So. Yeah, it looks great. It looks like it's a beautiful, the des The cover is good. Do they say who designed the cover inside there? Just... The cover is, uh, the cover design is Curtis LeBlanc. Oh, good. And that's Type and design is Shazia Hafiz Ramji. Right. Yeah, All right. So they, in the Can't Lit podcast, which I listen to, uh, I do listen on, on from time to time. I, I, I have to say Can't Lit was one of my inspirations for our podcast. Mm -hmm. So like, I've been admire, a fan. And they, um, they mentioned that the initial design for the press uh, Curtis made and no one really liked, but uh, didn't want, you know, didn't know how to break it to him, basically, that they didn't really. And then he came up with something, the current one, which they, they feel is quite good. So, uh, yeah. They had, it was some kind of sad kind of uh, ghost or something like that with like a Pac-Man style or something like that. They I were, like Pac-Man. Yeah, anyway, so you'll have to listen. Now you'll have to listen to Canada as well. Shall we take another little break? Let's take a break and we'll come back. We'll come back for some reason. And we're back. And we thought to us, uh, since the issue has been coming up, we would talk about accessibility in, in can lit. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that raised the issue for me is uh, for a while now I've been hearing about Dorothy Palmer and Dorothy is uh, a writer and activist. Um, and so uh, I guess I think she's based in Toronto, but I'm not entirely sure. Uh, in uh, in uh, 49, in All It Up, uh, there was an article by Dorothy called When Buildings Do the Dirty Work, can lit hands aren't clean and what what uh, dorothy has done is she's uh she's been um basically she's done a bunch of interviews of uh bookstores in the city about 20 of them to look at their accessibility and she hasn't found uh accessible accessible spaces so she says that uh canada still embraces an architecture of exclusion and she talks about other exclusions that uh, have taken place um um, and in, and you can read the article, she says, as if the 1960s never happened, as if Victoria still reigned, as if history can't be rectified, as if accessibility is too expensive and too much worse. 
too much work as if this discrimination is just the way it is. So are, as if disabled people are less deserving of justice than other oppressed groups, as if abled people do not benefit from our exclusion, as if able people are not using buildings to maintain the benefits of ableist privilege. So it's it's pretty much, and I use the term before powder keg to describe issues. So mm -hmm. it, it is, but I mean, I can, I can, I can certainly see your point. And so she's, she's done this um, uh, inventory, I guess she's spoken to various bookstore owners in Toronto. Um, she got the list from uh, best bookstore list at to.com. I'm not going to go into too much detail about about uh, that, but she um, you can read it on the site. She asked them about the accessibility of the stores and they were not um, um, basically uh, given the um, criteria, which is very reasonable criteria, zero out of 20 of the bookstores were accessible mm. or fully accessible. So and a couple of stores came close like Glad Day Books for, Bookshop, for instance. They just had a few things they were missing. But she also points out she is a, a, a working writer and uh, uh, for her and, and a, a disabled artist, uh, this is a workplace. So mm -hmm. these are workplace issues as well. So mm -hmm. that's a, if you if you want a performer or a reader to come perform and you, you, you don't have an accessible space for them then you can't then they can't perform right. so it's 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 a, it's a big issue um, and so as, as something I wanted to do for bywords.ca I've always said that the calendar I, for the, the re, one of the reasons for the calendar is to make sure that no one is um, doesn't uh, go to a, a reading or a, or a spoken word event or storytelling or nonfiction event because they because they didn't hear about it that's something mm -hmm. that's be my goal but I also I also would like it would be really great if if no one um, no one is left behind. No one cannot go to a reading because of accessibility issues. And we're talking about visible and invisible accessibility. So uh, a range of, of a range of uh, disabilities. So I've uh, through Bywords, I've started something called Access Word Ottawa. And the mm -hmm. idea is, is that um, it's going to be it's, it's a work in progress. It's a guide to uh, creative spaces that are accessible. And, and there's basically a like um, uh, I've, I've contacted a few disabled writers who um, hopefully, if they have time, will be able to help by inspecting according to certain uh, things that Dorothy's pointed out too and their own concerns. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that is something that's a work in progress. We're always looking for more people to take part in that. And there's also knowing whether or not the venue is suitable as a venue for these things. So mm -hmm. what are the things you give up? I mean, most of us for venues, the organizers typically want, at least in the literary side, free, central and alcohol. Those mm -hmm. are the three things. So, so um, most I was walking down Bank Street, and almost all of the businesses had a step up at least. Mm -hmm. So, like, how do you know? How do we deal with that? A lot of public spaces are, are accessible. Uh, the, I found out that the Ottawa Public Library, for instance, all of its branches are accessible except for Richmond. Uh, they have um, the main branch has an auditorium that can be used. You have to pay a little bit of money for it. Mm -hmm. Other er, other branches across the city, uh, the spaces do cost money. But if you're a nonprofit or not for profit, they will at least lower the cost of. So mm -hmm. it may be that small cover charges. So we have to sort of figure out how to do that. But what I'd like to do is have something up on the Bywords site by the end of. Of the year that's the first kind of um at least it when when an organizer asks me for instance uh, where where can we hold events in ottawa i can say well these are mm -hmm. accessible venues so I give them if you're an organizer at least you have an option at least some kind of an option to think about it and yeah, to take it, that it, into account and here's an idea to where you're not
not to put you on the spot, but no, you could put good. like a, all ideas are totally welcome. You could if there um, is an accessible venue, yeah, and then you know that the event is at that venue. You could put some kind of asterisk or a star Absolutely. on the calendar to show that that's uh, yeah. that kind of space. Make sure that that information is available on the calendar somehow. But that's Charles. Well, at least you figure out a way to have a part of the database, maybe, or maybe we'll have it some other way. I mean, I have a lot of plans for the calendar for later. <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh, the other thing too is there's a there's a Facebook page called Access Word Ottawa. I'll put up the link where all that stuff is being shared. There's a letter that I've started, um, and also if you have any ideas, if you go to a place. Um, that can can fit about 50 people say is a minimum and um and uh, you know you think it might be a possible venue for a literary or a spoken word mm -hmm. or storytelling or a nonfiction event uh post it on the on the facebook page or let me know and uh we'll we'll see you know at some point we can check it out there's a great uh, site that's new called space finder ottawa or ottawa oh, yeah? spacefinder.com um, it's only started in the last year or so, and it, it, you can be, the idea is it's matching artists up with creative spaces That's and has really different cool. criteria. So one of them is recommended by disabled artists. Currently, that is not filled in. A lot of the details are not filled in, but you can search by criteria. They haven't had their hard lunch yet where they introduce it to okay. artists and also space holders. But for instance, Bar Robo is there as an accessible space, which it it is not fully accessible because the bathrooms are not accessible. Mm -hmm. So it's it, it's it's a you can, it's entry on one level. So that okay. from that point of view, it is. But if you can't use the bathroom, I mean, right. sort of not accessible. But um, anyway, so but the point is, is that you can at least find. There's even a couple of free spaces listed there. There there are places like churches, for instance, that sometimes will let people yeah. have the the um, Legion, the Montgomery Hall Legion on Kent, Kent Street is a fully accessible venue. So there are places that, but mm -hmm. I. So I, I, the idea is just to um, do it that way. Uh, on Dorothy's uh, own site, she has um, she has um, what's it called? I'm just going to look it up from her um, from her um, materials here. Excuse me for a second. Forgive me while I while I turn pages. Yeah, she's got she's got called Crip Can Lit. So she founded this organization with two other disabled writers, Bronwyn Berg and Jane Eaton Hamilton, and so they've joined forces to um, basically. Um, deal with the inaccessible um, events and that uh, they do things like um, refuse to attend events if they aren't accessible. Mm -hmm. They might call the organizers and ask them to, you know, hold the event at a place more accessible. So I'd like, at least for Ottawa, I'd like a guide that tells us what are some of our options if we're going to mm -hmm. organize events. And also if, if I'd like people to know, there are things you can do like include when, if you're an event organizer, include, say, an ambassador who will uh, be the person, uh, the disabled person can contact to ask questions about the accessibility, put the accessibility information on the site, mm -hmm. uh, things like that. So I'm, 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 my eyes are opening. I have a lot to learn. I'm going to make a lot of blunders along the way. So I, I need as much help as possible. And anyone who wants to help me is, uh, is uh, from the disabled communities and literary and spoken word, storytelling, nonfiction. Every, I'm, I'm interested in hearing from everybody and... Uh, you know, we'll, we'll get this. It might take time to, to get it going, but at least even now I can always say to people, well, the Ottawa Public Library has accessible venues. So mm -hmm. I, I've got something to say for starts. Any more thoughts on the uh, just the, issue? The only thing I would add to that conversation about accessibility is that, um, to me anyway, accessibility means also psychological accessibility yep. or um, monetary accessibility. It could mean... Um, a lot of things. So things like gender neutral washrooms would fall into that for me. Yeah. It would fall um, centrally located or on a bus route, public transit route, um, not being cost prohibitive, 
there are and then like the the bar thing can kind of go either way like it being yeah. at a bar for some people um and for me personally going to events at bars i feel more comfortable yeah um i feel comfortable in that space and to me it makes it more accessible right but if you're someone who struggles or has struggled with uh, alcohol addictions or you don't feel comfortable in that space you don't drink maybe that's not an accessible venue for you for sure so, so i would just add to that conversation even when we're talking about what events um or what spaces to hold events at we think about you know try to think about all of the accessibility issues and kind of think you know what are you gaining there's, there's going to be pros and cons to exactly. all these venues what are you gaining what are you losing who's impacted um who's benefiting all that sort of thing to make these to make the best decisions we can about where to hold hold our events um i i wish i could yeah the the architecture in ottawa and we're especially in the central located areas unfortunately is so many stairs, a lot of stairs a lot of, a lot stairs, of old homes yeah, a lot of tiny bathrooms yeah but even when you think about aging people aging you know a lot of yeah. people just even getting up stairs is yep. not easy some of the tiny bathrooms you know don't yep. you can't fit things like walkers in there i mean there's a lot of issues with with the spaces and and there's um ottawa um, ontario has the um accessibility for ontarians with disabilities act it mm -hmm. was um that is uh for it's not just for public spaces but uh, you know a lot of the uh, some of the from what i've read some of the like older spaces like that are not public it's grandfathered in I my understanding and I, yeah. I could be wrong. My yeah. understanding is that for all newly constructed yes. areas, it has to be accessible. And if it's not going to be, if it's like not too much of a burden, I'm mm -hmm. not sure they define that. But we're gonna, if they can afford to renovate and make yeah. it accessible, there they have to. That's it. I'm not sure how how they enforce that or if it's strictly enforced. But yeah. that's the I believe that's the idea. If I understand that'd that, that'd be good. And and correctly. you look at a space like Cafe Nostalgica, which is an accessible space. For example, it is now. It is well because they've got in the right. new the Since new they building. Renovated it. Yeah, yeah, is the new building, and also the only only thing is when they have the stage, the stage is not on the same level as like it's not on one level. It's up. It's up. So do that, they have a ramp? Um, I don't. I don't know that actually. It's a good question. I, it's a good reason to go to they, an event of theirs, which is coming up, <laughs> which we'll talk it. about soon. But all these issues, and the thing is, I think if 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 you basically, um, if you go to these events or if you go to any place, what I'd like to ask people to do, if you're listening and you and you live in Ottawa or you're visiting Ottawa, is take a look at any place that you go into, whether it's a pub or a or a cafe or or a little just whatever kind of place you go into and, and note the accessibility and just mm -hmm. uh, say, hey, this might be a possible venue. In the end, uh, disabled people themselves have to be the ones to judge. So so uh, that's another, uh, I'm, I'm trying to get more in contact with disabled people who would be stakeholders as well in this mm -hmm. if they're interested in taking part. And uh, so I'm always looking for more people to uh, to take part. And that includes uh, visually impaired and deaf, um, all those things. Um, other neurological um, disabilities too, whatever. So whatever we can, we can do. My, I'm learning as much as I can, and, and hope you'll join me in the journey. All right. Well, this is a conversation that is obviously continually ongoing. Yeah, and we're... we'll continue to have. All right. Well, how about we take one more break, Amanda, okay. and then we'll get back with upcoming events and some calls, and then we'll we'll call it a day. We'll call it a Sunday. Let's talk about upcoming events. Let's do it. 
All right, so February is Black History Month. This is a, I'm now Black History Ottawa is a registered Canadian charity. Its mandate is to advance education by increasing the public's knowledge and appreciation of and carrying out research in the history, culture, traditions, and achievements of Canadians of African descent. Through their initiatives, they serve the community by developing and offering programs open to the public, which focuses on areas such as mentorship, youth leadership, and health. And I'm, I'll put the link up. The theme for 2018 is Our Canadian Story, honoring the UN International Decade for Peoples of African Descent. And you can see the site for additional events. Uh, on the Bywords calendar are events that have to do with literary, spoken word, storytelling, nonfiction events. So on February 21st, Jamal Jackson Rogers and Jackie Dutois for, uh, have an inter interactive presentation of The Village, a storytelling and poetry experience, which will take place at 6 p.m. at the main branch, Ottawa Public Library on February 21st. So that's something to go to. All right. And on February 13th, Tree Reading Series has Marta Singh and J.L. Richardson. Oh, actually, that it's not J.L. Richardson anymore. I should have corrected that. I can't remember the name of the other writer. Okay. That's already wrong. <laughs> so um, <laughs> we'll have to yeah. check out. We'll have to check that out. Who's coming up? Tree And Blue Mondays is featuring Panos. Panos, like, yeah. Person. Yeah, Panos is a spoken word artist. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and I, I believe he's part of the Urban Legends team, and there also they have go. music as well going on. Yeah. There we go. And on February twenty-first, Sawdust has Anita Dolman, Conyer Clayton, who's launching a broadside, I believe. And then, uh, I hope I got that right. Or a chapbook. Or a chapbook. Something. Launching, launching something. something. Clearly, <laughs> a boat. No. <laughs> Maybe. And then the Pomoff winner was yet to be announced. That's right. What else we got? So on, uh, I guess, Tree on the 27th has Jennifer Love Grove and Shagan Akinlolu. And Shagan is, uh, we published Shagan Byward, so I'm very excited. I haven't heard him. He's also a wonderful singer, so who knows, maybe he'll sing. Also on that same night, Coven Editions has their launch as well at Bar Robo. So oh, yes. you must tear yourself in half and decide what you're going to go to. So those are the upcoming events in February, and then uh, we uh, Verse Fest. Uh, the um, we're still uh, waiting for the program to go online. But you have teasers for us. But we have teasers. The Verse Fest will take place uh, between March twentieth and March twenty fifth. It's an annual week long poetry event that combines uh, reading and spoken word series in Ottawa. They all year long they meet and uh, have a good time just figuring out what to do about who to invite, and I'm sure they have have to deal with budget and stuff like that as well so through their instagram account and their twitter pages they've been giving hints so some of the some of the readers they've already mentioned uh which are exciting christine mcnair uh, ottawa local gary barwin nyla mattuck di brandt major jackson sneha madhavan reese another ottawa local louise bernice half david grew clara duplessis ahmad nomadic ali faith Arcofall, Madeline Stratford, and the Icelandic poet Sijon, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, um, Jeff Latozik, Hua Wen, and Robin Schiff. But there are, I'm sure that we will hear more as the, as the days come closer. It's a really worthwhile festival. If you, uh, I, There might even be free passes for students. Don't quote me on that. But There I think often are for Carleton students. Carleton students, yeah. Ottawa, so. I think, was too last year. You okay, there you yeah, go. I guess well, you... we'll see for next year. There you go. So that, that's it for upcoming events that I know about. I, later on in May, there's something called Canada Concrete, but we'll, we'll talk about that a little Next bit later. Time, yeah. And then we got some calls. Do you want to do the first one? And sure. I'll, second one? Could you be ARC's next poet in residence? I don't know. The, the deadline is February 15th to send in your application. So I'll get that. I'll put the uh, link up and uh, perhaps you should apply. 
And Metatron Press has a call for manuscripts for Canada only, ending on uh, February 18th. Um, Metatron is a press I really enjoy. And uh, you should check Me out. Too. I enjoy it too. And I've gotten a number of their, their lovely little yeah. books. And that... they just released their new, um, I guess, blog or online magazine yes. called uh, Alpha. Right. The last one was Omega, Omega I think. Yes. So we're, we're going yeah. through and those The, the first, uh, I'm not sure if they call it an issue, but the first iteration. iteration? Yeah. Iteration Ooh. of it. It's really cool. So uh, there's a lot of good uh, people involved in that. Sounds good. Uh, Bywords, of course, wants your Canadian poetry reviews. Um, I have already, I've already whined about the fact that we're not getting any. We're paying $75 per review and you just have to send a pitch to me to make sure we haven't already, we aren't already publishing a review of that person's work. Uh, last couple of years, poetry books, chapbooks from Canada in the last couple of years, you should be a, a Canadian as well, just to, just to make it make it uh, i don't know canadian there you go <laughs> and also of course we're always looking for poetry if you're a current or former ottawa resident student and worker deadlines the 15th of the month payment is what is it now i think it's 40 dollars. i believe it's 40 dollars. and um I yeah upped it i don't think we upped it from 40 we, uh, but I, I i think it's still 40. if not you, it'll be more <laughs> to, <laughs> but to, and then you also get a chance if your poem is published you get a chance to uh, your, the work is considered for the John New Love Poetry Award, which also comes with money and laurels and the there opportunity to read at the Ottawa International Writers Festival. So mm -hmm. I'll put those links up as well. What's this next one you got here? Great Borders Magazine, which is in St. Catharines, has a call for submissions up. Oh, cool. I'm never, never not familiar with that one. There you go. That would be a good thing down. to enter. All right. Uh, Arc Poetry Magazine, Poem of the Year Contest. Deadline is February 28th, uh, 2018. I believe. Oh, right. I have 2017 down here. It's also, on, it was on the Byword site for a while and I thought I corrected it, but okay. Uh, so yeah, I think you can send up to two poems and yeah. You have to pay, I think the entry fee is $35, but you get, with that, you get a subscription. I, I usually, I usually enter just so that's, I can just get yeah. a subscription to the magazine. What else we got? Summer Literary Seminars has a contest. His deadline is February 28th, 2018. They, um, you get the opportunity to um, workshop your stuff in a, in a city outside of North America, I believe. Um, I don't remember where it is right now, but there you go. And then we got the Claremont Review Annual Writing Contest for writers aged 13 to 19 for all our teen literary read our listeners. And uh, their parents? Pro yeah, probably uh, their parents are grandparents even <laughs> you want to pass it on to them there you go yeah your students i don't know i've known people who were published in that magazine when they were young actually so yeah. I've, I've known a few writers who, who they sent me a nice rejection when i was a teenager I hey that's cool that you sent it though that's pretty neat yeah one of the first places i maybe even the first place i ever sent to so they didn't scar you for life and stop you from no, ever no they gave me some nice comments on one of my poems but it wasn't finished enough or something like that right i'm not bitter he's not bitter <laughs> but he'll never submit to them again well, i will not i refuse even, to even when he's 13 again which won't happen and then finally we have the valum chapbook award which the deadline is april 30th so you've got lots of time to work on your chapbook um uh, and you get a subscription i think you're pretty sure you get a subscription to the magazine if you if you're pretty sure that you do so i'll put that link up as well and i believe that, that is, is it. a wrap so uh we wish you all um a happy uh, ongoing february get through read some good books and chapbooks um come see us if if you see us around i've I'll be at a lot of readings in the next while, and um, some I won't be at. Um, and uh, thank you, Aaron. Thanks, Amanda. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks to everyone, and uh, please share this podcast episode with all your friends. Thank you. Bye-bye. Small Machine Talks.
with Amanda Earl and A.M. Kozak.